Okay, so today is gathering for uh, Maga Puja, full moon of February. And uh, it's wonderful to see so many people out today. Yeah, I mean, not today, it's tonight. Um, and so making the effort to come and join in this special occasion. Um, it's a... Uh, um, occasion of marking the uh, um, teaching of of uh, what's called the Owada Padimoka, the Buddha giving a, a summary of his teachings uh, to 1,250 arhats who came together spontaneously to to gather and pay respects to the Buddha and uh, to uh, be uh, with the Buddha, and it was quite early on in the, the Buddha's dispensation, so that it's been an occasion that's been marked you know, up until the present time. And uh, in the tradition, the, uh, it's like a, uh, the full moon of May is, is uh, Visakha Puja, and it's a recollection of the Buddha, uh, full moon of July is the recollection of the Buddha giving his first teaching, Dhamma Chakapawatana Sutta. And so that's a recollection of the Dhamma. And the uh, full moon of February is a recollection of Sangha. So that this is a occasion to bring to mind the the three refuges, but but in particular the, uh, uh, the, the refuge of sangha of community, uh, both the monastic sangha and the lay community, the dispensation of the Buddha or the kind of the life of the the Buddha's dispensation is. Uh, you know, it really has to be transmitted through people. It's okay to have a, a book with uh, a teaching written down or a, a stone image of a Buddha. Uh, those are nice things to have. But the uh, living embodiment of the, the, the teaching is what is really, really important. Uh, and and of course that's well somebody else will do it, <laughs> but it's us. Uh, you know, that's that is is uh, you have this opportunity, and uh, it's important to to recollect that you know, this is a uh, a day to recollect the blessings and benefits of of sangha and drawing close to uh, to the the, the practice. And, and those who are practicing well. I mean, that's the, uh, when we do the chant of the recollection of, of Sangha, we, we, we recollect the supatipanno, those who practice well. Uh, Uchupatipanno, those who practice directly. Nyayapatipanno, those who practice for the, uh, you know, practice insightfully, practice for the overcoming of suffering. Samyajipatipanno, those who practice appropriately, skillfully, 
uh, practice with integrity. Um, so that that's a uh, uh, and again that sort of yeah it's it's, it, it's nice if there's other people doing it, but it's really essential and important that we uh, fulfill those qualities to the best of our ability and to really try to embody these qualities of sangha. And again, it's not just the uh, say monastic sangha, but it is the that's as in when when we do recollect the. Uh, sangha in the, in the regular chanting of pujas, uh, the four pairs, the eight kinds of noble beings. These are the the, the, the sangha of the, of the Buddhist disciples, and it's the, uh, the pairs are those who are practicing the path and have experienced the fruit of of the uh, four stages of awakening: of stream entry, uh, once returner, non-returner, and arahant, and that, that's then that's not divided into monastic or lay, male or female or whatever. It's not, it is those whose hearts who have entered into uh, one who practices well, practices directly, practices insightfully, practices with integrity. Uh, it's the it's that practice and embodiment, living uh, of the teaching that is of, of the Dhamma, of the truth, that the Buddha pointed to, uh, that is the is the important aspect. Also, another aspect of Saint Magapuja, which uh, uh, I didn't know about, but in Thailand, this is uh, called uh, it's called National Gratitude Day, and I'm not sure when it was instituted as a as a national day of recollection or holiday or one not quite sure how it works uh, but uh, I think that's a wonderful day a national gratitude day um, I mean of course in America we've got you know Thanksgiving Day which you know everybody goes out and gets drunk eats buffalo wings and watches <laughs> watches football but <laughs> you know uh, and uh, and I'll bet there's some strange things that happen in Thailand also on National Gratitude Day. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's important to, you know, we have these opportunities to rise up to the occasions uh, that are open to us so that uh, gratitude is such a, a powerful... You know, to, to me, one of the... the qualities of, say, somebody who has really seen and understood Dhamma, really reap the fruits of the practice. Uh, gratitude is a, is a real um, important indicator uh, of, of that, that, that realization and understanding of, uh, of Dhamma, of truth, of, of uh, uh, entering into and abiding in the the, the Buddha's teachings, so it's a, it's a quality that is really worthy of of reflection. You know, and as we think in terms of gratitude for the teachings, I mean that uh, you know, the Buddha on this day, the Buddha um, 
gave the Awad Patimokha, and on a certain level, I mean, we'll chant it in its entirety, and it's not long, um, but we'll chant it in its entirety before we do the circumambulation. Uh, but on, 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 on one level, you think, huh, that's pretty ordinary. Um, but, and then you think, oh, this is the teaching that he gave to 1,250 arhats? I thought it'd be a bit snazzier than that. <laughs> um, but it, to me, what it is is, is a, a quick summary an overview of the path and the say, duty responsibility that a practitioner has. And in particular, the Buddha was talking to enlightened monks. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a bit geared to, to the monastic form. But it's a laying out of the fundamentals and foundations that we build a life of awakening with. And to, to re be able to hear that, reflect on it, and to experience a sense of delight, joy, gratitude for those teachings. And it's, a, it's an important aspect. And in some of the the things that, that the Buddha teaches are so, are, are so fundamental. It's like the, uh, there's kind of a summary of the, uh, of, of the teachings, which are very, very famous in all of the different schools of Buddhism. Um, but then the, uh, the next, the following line is, is a, that kanti paramantako tapotitika that patient endurance is the highest practice, burning out defilements. Uh, in, at the time of the Buddha, um, and, and even to this day in India, the, the uh, like religious practice is seen as tapas, uh, kind of, of uh, you know, like a purifying fire, purifying flame, uh, that, that purifies, the, uh, purifies the heart. They rather than it being, because sometimes it's translated as, you know, patience is the greatest austerity, uh, and you know, which is a fair enough translation um, in terms of that that, that that word tapas. The the uh, the Buddha isn't uh, so much. You know, I mean, the, this you know, drying up of burning up of the uh, defilements, underlying tendencies that, that bind us to dukkha um, is, is uh, you know, patience is such a, an important quality. And of course, um, I mean, I've been teaching for a, a really long time now, and uh, uh, it would be hard for me to recollect how many times I quote uh, Ajahn Chah or speak from my own experience uh, and just, uh, just learn how to be patient. Uh, and, it's, it's, uh, and it seems so basic and fundamental 
that it's easy to overlook how important it really is, how, how much it does purify the heart. Because this, this quality of patience is just not a putting up with something and something unpleasant until it's over and, or or even a non-reactivity like not reacting I'll just be patient I'll just be here like a you know being like a like a water buffalo or something and, or a dumb kind of stump or log and it's on the you know then I'll be I'll be just be patient and put up with it it's not that's not the patience of the Buddha. Patience is a is a barmy, and this uh, this sense of patience as a spiritual practice is is always coupled with a sense of curiosity. Uh, like one is patient, so then one has the opportunity to really watch alertly and be very curious as to the. Um, the processes that are going on. What's happening here? How does this? How does this work? How does this fit in with the with the Dhamma? Where is the? Uh, what is its cause? What is it? How to how to bring this about this uh, uh, to cessation? How do I bring something into being in a in a in a skillful way? Um, there's this sense of patience and curiosity really working together being being you know kind of kind of married to each other really uh, for the uh, for patients to be really functioning ap- appropriately or, or or really in in accord with dhamma so that 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 sense of uh, that alertness and and interest which is also, you know, that one of the ways that I tend to translate sometimes the uh, when the, there's a, a set of teachings that the Buddha gives on the uh, the four bases of uh, spiritual accomplishment, the four idipadas, and the f- very first one is chanda, uh, which is desire, but desire is interest. Desire is kind of interest, is motivation, uh, and so that that curiosity has a a, a, a similar uh, function uh, as to spur that interest in reflection and a contemplation of 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 dhamma, the dhamma principles. Uh, so so as we develop any aspect of the path. Um, or you know any aspect of our practice and training, uh, there really does need to be this this quality of patience and 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 curiosity, and it's and the patience is is a uh, you know the patience of uh, I mean the patience of a of a meditator or patience of a Buddhist practitioner, you know is is more the patience of a Say like of a scientist that is is really exploring the uh, an experiment and seeing how how does this work what's going to, how is this going to work um, rather than just uh, trying to uh, plug something into a formula and and somehow get a result that's satisfactory i mean there'll be there'll be a 
a result, but you know, will it actually satisfy? So that that uh, and uh, the result in Buddhism is complete freedom of heart, a complete peace, and and uh, uh, a, an experience of the ending of of, of dukkha. Um, so that that sense of you know being willing to explore, or the the curiosity of an say of an artist, like a true artist, is not somebody who just paints the same painting over and over again, but is exploring an expression of creativity. I mean, what could be more create creative than than a, a peaceful heart that is free from greed, hatred, and delusion? I mean, that's that's really creative. And the uh, Know, following uh, the old habits and patterns of of our you know of greed hatred and delusion that doesn't take much creativity it's just sort of uh, same old same old plug in follow the habits follow the conditionings and I'm sure I'll get somewhere somehow uh, but they, they 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 say there's you know there's got to be another way there's got to be another Need really that trusting in the in that investigation of truth uh, that the that the Buddha formulated these his teaching on based on the four noble truths. There is dukkha. There is an origin to dukkha. There is a cessation of dukkha. There is a path leading to cessation of dukkha, and so that taking an interest and being patient with working because the tendency to you know to react from dukkha as the uh, as the condition uh, it tends to react in you know either aversion or confusion or uh, or either a conviction of some you know some some disaster has beset me <laughs> Um, you know, oh woe is me, and, and the, so it's it's a uh, it's not a a beautiful response. Um, and the Buddha is saying, you know, there is there is another way, and can we explore that? Can we figure this out? To be patient and curious in how to understand dukkha and the ending of dukkha, uh, in a more complete and satisfying way. Uh, it's just so uh, we've got the tools, we just have to uh, learn how to to use them. And again, that, that learning how to do anything, uh, any kind of skill, it takes patience, takes curiosity. Uh, so being willing to explore that, encouraging uh, oneself. The actual Beginning of the Ovadapati Moka is is a you know is a summary of the of the path the Sambhavapasa Karanam the not doing of any evil Papa is like uh, I can remember when I first went to Thailand and you know knew almost no Thai. And you know, that was something. That was a word that really impressed me. That uh, you know, when something was really wrong or something was 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 trying to be impressed on you, that's really wrong. Because you can, you really shouldn't be doing that. It would be 
bop, you know, one bop. <laughs> yeah, that's the Thai Thai pronunciation of the of the word papa, some papa and 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 you know, so that that yeah, that not doing of what is uh, really unskillful, unwholesome. You know, evil is a very strong word uh, in uh, in the English language, but it's you know that 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 sense of of uh, really being willing to refrain from anything that has painful consequences for oneself or for others, because because it's not just ourselves that we harm when we when we do something that is unskillful. We tend to pull others into our, our, our web of unskillfulness and, and that's a uh, kind of suffering is, is perpetuated in that way. So that, 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 that refraining and being able to restrain those impulses of, of greed, hatred, delusion. And of course there's very strong manifestations of that, but there's also just the very subtle things um, that we tell you. So as we, again, the sense of being patient and curious as to how to hold, how to pull back, because uh, the you know impulses or habits, force of habit is very strong, force of conditioning, or the assumption that something is, you know, it's never mind, everybody does it. But you realize, no, that's really... That's really unskillful. It's really unwholesome. You know, it's like when uh, the very first time that I came back to North America, to, to Canada, to visit family, I'd been away for 16 years and hadn't been back in, you know, say, in my home culture. And, you know, one of the things that really hit me was just, just how kind of coarse and crude speech most speech was, um, you know, both in terms of harsh speech, but then also uh, critical speech or speech that was was, you know, obviously not true, uh, or speech that was kind of complaining and whinging. Uh, it's just how how much mental and emotional space unskillful speech occupied. And, uh, you know, on a certain level, yeah, everybody's doing it. So, uh, you think, well, it's, it's ordinary, it's normal. Um, yeah, but it's also normal to suffer and be miserable, so, which, <laughs> which, is, which is the whole point of, of practicing and, and, and cultivating this path, that there, there is a way out of of, of dukkha, and so there's you know many different permutations of of the ways that you know the the uh, fundamental defilements uh, create discontent, dissatisfaction, suffering. Um, but there's also you know just ways that the uh, you know as we as we, you know we we do restrain, we do refrain, we do attend to the not doing uh, of of something and you know sometimes that's uh, takes as much effort to not do something 
as it is to do it. And so that, that uh, taking an interest in yeah, the not doing of that which is unskillful and unwholesome. The kusala supasambada, to be committed to the good, uh, to really recognize that happiness and well-being, as well as peace, comes from from that cultivation of the and the the word in 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 the Pali is kusala kusala supasambada. You know, perform that commitment to what is kusala, what is. Uh, usually, it's translated as wholesome, skillful, beneficial, um, but it's a, in Buddhist a terminology. This is, you know, say, an equivalent to the good, um, but it has a much deeper and broader meaning and repercussions in the sense of the, because it it's you know that that commitment to the uh, the, the wholesome and skillful. Has an effect both on the on emotion. It brings about happiness and well-being. Uh, ha- on the on the mind itself, it brings about clarity and more mm, stillness, stability, steadiness, because it is clear. Um, it's not it's not agitating. Uh, so that the kusala is is leads to a a clear mind, a happy heart, and it leads to peace. This is peaceful uh, to be committed to the good. It's, uh, it's, it's not just good and you know, kind of feel warm and fuzzy about it. It's, it's good and feel really clear and bright uh, and peaceful. This is so that they, the, you know, on a, sometimes the, uh, this, uh, Injunction to the that the Buddha gives uh, on the Padimoka is equated to uh, cultivation of sila samadhi panya, which is fair enough. It's true, but I think it's also important to realize that 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 you know the cultivation of sila samadhi panya or the cultivation of say the not doing of any evil to be committed to the good to purify one's mind. These are so intertwined with each other, affect each other. And, uh, you know, just the, just the, yeah, that commitment to virtue or sila or the not doing of the unskillful, that in itself is, is, is wholesome. It's a brightening quality. When we brighten the heart with that goodness, uh, then the, the, the mind becomes peaceful there's a purification that takes place and so that, that that's that, that commitment to the the uh, this whole path and recognizing and investigating again curiosity how does this path work how does it support each aspect support each other uh, that's that's something to be really curious about and that that is is you know really is a, a basis for growth in this dhamma and discipline. So that that commitment to the, the commitment to the good is, you know, along with say like generosity and loving kindness and compassion and and patience and whatnot. These are uh, gratitude. Uh, these are all you know, the 
these are good. These are kusala. But they also have a function of settling and stabilizing, steadying, steadying the heart so that there is a, a stability of, of mind and of heart that is, and the, the one experiences samadhi, the, the, the most common translation in Thai for the word samadhi is the, the firm establishing of the mind. When the mind is in an exclusively wholesome state, it's firmly established, very steady and clear. The sajitapariyotapanang, <clears throat> that, that purification, to purify one's mind, purify the mind, purify the heart. You know, these, the, the whole path is supporting that, is, is facilitating that. But on, on a certain level, when we think in terms of you know, purification, I mean, there's different ways of, of looking at it. Certainly, just the relinquishing of greed, hatred, delusion, that's a, that's a purification of the, of the mind. A, you know, a real deep investigation of the Four Noble Truths of Dukkha, cause of dukkha, cessation of dukkha, path leading to cessation of dukkha. It's a purification of the mind. But I think also one of the things that is really, is just so essential is the just that contemplation of self and relinquishing of the self position, the I position, the I, me, mine program or obsession that we have. It's like being able to see clearly how there is, there's a huge difference between, say, there being thoughts and there being my thought or an, a, a, an emotion, a feeling, a reaction. It's, it's very different when one sees, oh, there's that, there's that, that reaction of, say, of sadness or that reaction of, of being happy. You know, well, this is the, that's something really pleasurable where there's, there's a big difference. So this is my pleasure. This, this feeling of sadness is mine. It's like that the grip of me and mine comes sort of rising up from the depths of one being and grabs one by the throat. <laughs> <laughs> just this, it's just so oppressive. And you realize, oh, I don't have to identify like that. It just doesn't have a basis uh, in reality. It is an assumption that we have. This is one of the fundamental teachings that the Buddha gives of the uh, basis of attachment. Uh, and, you know, there's attachment to uh, sensual pleasure, attachment to views and opinion, attachments to, to rites and rituals. But the last one is the attachment to the assumption of self. And it's just so important to sort of see this sense of, uh, of self, of me, of mine. Uh, um, these have a conventional function and reality, but they are a supposition, they are an assumption. Uh, and when we can see that clearly, 
that places us in the the realm of Dhamma. It's like the entryway into the uh, into the stream of Dhamma, into the 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 fruits of the practice of Dhamma. Is that that's understanding of the uh, identity view, sakaya ditti, uh, and so that 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 seeing that we create an identity out of things that are constructed, that are very ephemeral. They don't have a substantial foundation. You can't take out a, and 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 what we construct it out of is this say this body and uh, you know it's it's a uh, buddha sort of says you know it'd be if you're going to construct a sense of self it'd actually be better to construct it out of the sense of perception of the body than the perception of the mind the, the body at least lasts for 60 70 80 years uh, but uh, the mind doesn't last for hardly a, hardly a second uh, it's just flitting here, flitting there. Um, so this, and uh, anybody who's, well, anybody that's got half a brain, they're saying this, this body is what I am. This is me and mine, and this is myself. Uh, I mean, bodies are really impermanent and unsatisfactory. They're always getting sick, they're getting old. Uh, there, uh, there's just no stopping of the inevitable march towards aging and, and separation from the love, separation from death. Uh, it just is. That's just the way things are. But then they, you know, really what is more subtle is that attachment to our, you know, our thoughts, our emotions our views, our opinions uh, that are mind-formulated, but they're based on feeling, a pleasant feeling, unfe- unpleasant feeling, neutral feeling, perceptions of memory and association, the thought construct itself, whether it's wholesome or unwholesome, uh, and consciousness, which weaves it together. Uh, and it seems substantial. But it's just so important to be contemplating the impermanent, unstable, uncertain nature of these constituents that that build this idea of self, the assumption of self, uh, and to reflect on and be very curious again of its... Uh, how does this work? How does it keep building? How do we? How do I keep coming up with this conclusion that's so unsatisfactory? And you know, be very patient with it. And that's where relinquishment and letting go starts to become a a uh, a, a sensible option. Uh, and uh, it's, it's it's like oh, this is. It's like an exclamation. This is peaceful. This is sublime. It's that relinquishing, the giving up, the the letting go of the these assumptions and these habits, and that's the purpose of this 
of this path that the Buddha has given us. And it's, yeah, it's a, this Ovadapati Moka is a very straightforward, very simple recap uh, of the, uh, uh, of the Buddha's teaching that he, uh, that he gave <clears throat> over to, uh, 2,500 years ago to these, this assembly of, of uh, awakened beings uh, that gathered uh, spontaneously, and it's you know, it's worthy of celebration even to today. So I'll offer that for reflection this evening.